This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Everyone else is pouring drinks, and I'm like, I have some dark chocolate kettle corn. I have nothing. What's the craziest <laughs> flavor of popcorn that you sell at your little store? Uh, truffle fromage porcini. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That, that uh, popcorn is too fancy popcorn. for me. It's a it what? It's literally too fancy for me. Mushroom cheese? Ew. <laughs> no, it's really good if you like what? mushrooms. <laughs> I would... I wouldn't eat the real thing of that, let alone <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> for that. that is We're something. We're May. <laughs> Call May popcorn. That is something else. It's Seattle. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Cool. Uh, is everyone ready to podcast? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Welcome to mission three of Rogue Padron. Today. We will meet the official Rogue Squadron. We'll find out more about Corrin Horn's mysterious past. We find out what we already know, which is that Wedge is a baller. And Corrin learns a much-needed lesson. But we're all hyped to go on our first training run, but let's get a quick refresher on your hosts. We are Splicer and Photoshop virtuoso, Rogue 3, Heath. Hey, guys. Our infiltration mastermind who moonlights on making Star Wars and Force Cast, Rogue Seven, Saf. Hey. Our resident planetary terrain and wildlife expert, Rogue Six, Danny. Hey, I like that. <laughs> and I am, of course, Rogue Leader, fluent in Ewokies, and maybe six other forms of communication. Nice. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> what are they? Uh, it's a secret. And it was your birthday yesterday. It was my birthday yeah. yesterday. Happy birthday. It'll be more than my yesterday by the time this comes out. My birthday was October 6th. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, but it was good. It was slightly Star Warsy as it should be. All the good ones and, are. Uh, yeah, the good ones are. Um, but before we jump into the chapter discussion, we have a quick question about Rogue One. Hey, Rogue One. So remember how there's that movie that inspired us all to read the X-Wing books? Yeah. Yeah, it's Rogue One. And it's coming to theaters December of 2016. But it's about time we started to see some footage from this movie because they've been filming for a while. So another rumor that's been floating out in the galaxy uh, not far, far away, this one here, is that we might see a post credit scene at the end of The Force Awakens teasing us about Rogue One. What do you all think of that? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, kinda, I'm on to know with that. I'm kind of over post-credit scenes. Yeah. I feel sorry for the people who have to clean the cinema, and then they have everyone waiting around through the whole like credit thing when they have to clean. <laughs> That's your problem with post-credit scenes. Well, <laughs> Always thinking post. about the, the low low guys <laughs> in the totem pole set. <laughs> hey, it's what I do. <laughs> but I mean, I like, love I cr- it. like. Like, a trailer in front of it maybe would be cool. Like, a teaser in front would be nice. Yeah, I, I think that's what we'll get. 
given that we had a teaser for Force Awakens last November, mm-hmm. I think a teaser for Rogue One by December is doable, and I would hope it would just be a regular teaser in front of the film. And, like, a post-credits thing is not a Star Wars thing. It never has been. It's a Marvel thing. Let them keep it. Let's, I don't know. It would just feel not quite right. I also feel like that's the the best way to be least confusing about what's going on. Yeah. Right. Because if they throw a post-credit scene at the end, people are going to be like, wait, how does this connect to what we just watched? But if they yep. put a episode eight teaser at the end, then everyone's gonna think, "Oh, the next movie is episode eight. Um, and even yeah. a trailer at the before the movie, it still might confuse people, and it might, like, it seems most logical that we'll see our first Rogue One trailer before the other Star Wars movie. But I wonder if they maybe wouldn't do that even. They would have to do a lot more marketing around the difference between the saga films and these Star Wars story films mm-hmm. before that, because like right now people just don't know. I mean, we all know the differences, but like regular people don't know what the difference is. And they'd maybe see the trailer and think the movie's starting, but think it could, yeah, it would be weird. Yeah, casual fans would like be pretty confused about it all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think they can do some of that front end work and actually have a regular teaser in front of the movie and have it be effective. Yeah, I agree. But I don't want it after. No, no, no. no. Would you, would you no. want to see a, an episode 8 teaser after? Or do you think that would be too confusing as well? No, I don't really want the teaser. <sighs> yeah. There's not really been a Star okay, Wars Okay, but let's accept like the reality it. of movies in 2015 from Disney that we're most likely going to get something at the end of this movie, right? I mean, maybe not, but it kind of seems like they're banking on that. It's just a thing movies do now, right? Well, not all of them. I mean, there's no post-credit scene for, like, Inside Out. Or <laughs> like other Disney properties, right? Right, sure. Like I think it's a like there was one for Big Hero Six, but Big Hero Six is technically a Marvel movie. So I think I want Marvel to keep it. I know there are some other movies that do things like that, but I think they're all different feel to them. Whereas I think Star Wars is gonna be a little more one offish. Like they don't need to tease yeah. anything because Right, like if there's if there's something coming in episode eight that you need to tease, just find a way to do it within the film of episode yeah. seven. Because because that's sure what they will do. Does, that right? we're all right. going to be dissecting everything we get about episode eight, so we don't need yeah. something at the end of the trailer, at the end of the movie. Then because we'll just wait for it to come out, and it doesn't really fit with like the mystery box thing that's going on, and not just JJ's mystery box, but I mean the whole Star Wars mystery box of this is a unanimous decision across the board mm-hmm. that they're only revealing very specific things at very specific times. So yeah. for like a, a teaser, but episode eight this soon, it just feels weird. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. Danny, you, you had tweeted earlier tonight. I think that like episode seven is probably going to end on some kind of cliffhanger. Oh yeah. I, th- I, I feel mean, like that's, th- this- that's the perfect tease for episode eight. Like, yeah. Throwing something else in after the movie ends on a cliffhanger, just like I feel that would take away from what the whatever the cliffhanger is. Sure. If there's right. something else thrown in there, like just just let it end. Yeah, I am just thinking about the Marvel movies, and I know everyone is using these as a comparison, and that's not really fair. But I feel like they have ended the Marvel movies on a cliffhanger, and then that post-credit scene doesn't necessarily like 
ruin that or maybe it, it introduces another cliffhanger or it introduces a character that's going to be relevant five movies down the line yeah i like honestly i don't want to so, see this either i'm yeah. just i kind of feel like it's more likely than not that this will happen but and, i can also see the argument that it wouldn't because they're trying to maintain the consistency of what the original star wars yeah. movies were hopefully as I, much as possible and this would be one example where they could really do uh service to um those movies and let john williams take us out through the end and just end it on the awesome yeah. music without throwing yeah. something else. And, um, you know, the big difference like between the MCU and Star Wars is that although they're both big universes and they're going to be like collaborative universes, Star Wars is not connected the same way that the MCU is. Like, then the Star Wars stories movies aren't going to be an introduction to get into episode eight, right? They're their own super separate standalone stories. Whereas, like, those yeah thor is by itself captain america is by itself but it all interconnects into this one particular event that's happening whereas yeah. i think this the the standalone star wars movies is just we are telling the story from start to finish this is it and this is that like for rogue one right this is that little detail that we know princess leia ends up with the death star plans and that's this thing and it's not it's already in the universe we don't have to connect it to something else that's a good point yeah, yeah I, w- I was going to say that I think it works for Marvel because there are so many Marvel movies coming out and they mm-hmm. all are like connected even if they're not like direct sequels to each other whereas Episode 8 is a direct sequel to Episode 7 and it's not this like separate thing that right. has this like, have one the line. Movie and the Finn movie and the Poe movie in between. Right, right. There's- there's not like this like one little line connecting the two movies that you can like use as that tease at the end to connect them. Because it's it's, all it's a direct it's a direct sequel. So I think anything they could do to tease episode eight should just be included in mm. episode seven. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yep. We will see Yay. in a couple months. Guess so. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's jump into the meat of today, which will be chapters five through eight of X-Wing Rogue Squadron. So at the beginning of Chapter 5, we meet the official Rogue Squadron as it stands. More characters! So have, yay! More characters to be really confused about! Yay! Hooray! So, Wedge, obviously, Rogue Leader. Tycho, his executive officer. We know Corrin pretty well. Well, fairly well by now. We at least know... We should know Saf, who he is from other guys. <laughs> yep. And then we have Oral, his roommate. Um, Noir Ven, who we also know, Ristani, Bro Jace, um, and then some other ones, some other names that we've maybe heard very briefly, um, Eresi, Peshk, Gavin Darklighter, Riv Shiel, Lujane Forge, and Andorni, and I left out some last names because they're really hard to pronounce and I'm not even going to try right now, um, <laughs> but overall, out of the group, we have five aliens, which is pretty good. And out of the group, there's four women, which is all right. So, so good so far, Rogue Squadron. <laughs> I, I don't think bro is much of a bro, though. Oh, I think he he's is. A, there like was a, a line later on about how he likes to stare at himself in the mirror for extended periods of time. Oh, he's that kind of bro, yeah. <laughs> oh, do we need yeah, to define yeah. bro? <laughs> so we're on the same page here? <laughs> okay, but seriously, I do have a question about bro and uh, yeah. Rice. No, not Rice Eddie. Ir- Irisi? 
Erisi? Erisi, yeah. Yeah, so they're both from a planet called Thyfera, which I'm not yes. familiar with. But since they're both from that planet, and I think it also got brought up later on that that was like it a does, yeah. strategically important planet. But do we know anything? Like, that's not from any of the movies, right? That... No, it's not. It's it's really has to do with these X-Wing books. Um, and it gets really important over the next, like, two or three volumes. Awesome. Because the planet that they're from, Typheria, it is... The world is is the galaxy's like largest supplier of Bacta, um, which heals wounds and things like that. So, and they're from the two opposing manufacturers on the planet. And so, by having one of each side on Rogue Squadron shows that they're not playing favorites with Typheria, mm-hmm. um, and that the New Republic respects them both equally. Um, because we do learn that Typhere is a neutral planet, so they are supplying back to, to both the New Republic and the Empire and whoever else who can pay. And the New Republic wants, obviously, for them to stop supplying the Empire, um, or at least give them some price cuts, because the New Republic, surprisingly, is pretty poor. So... <laughs> By having both of them, um, it's a it's a political move to have both of them on here. Follow up question. Yes. So, and this is going to get us on a tangent, maybe, but Bacta is literally just like an all-purpose heals literally anything in this galaxy, right? More or less. Yeah. Like there are some things that it doesn't heal. Some people are allergic to it. Um, oh, really? Foreshadowing. Uh, well, some people really are allergic to it. That's because uh, I've literally heard of no other first aid in this galaxy that I can recall. Yeah, yeah. Right. Other than like, emergency like stuff, but Bacta pretty much will do the job for sure. I guess the one other option is we rebuild you and turn you into a half android murder man. Correct. That would work too. Correct. Was Anakin allergic to Bacta? Well, or Padme. Why, why didn't they dump Padme in Bacta when her heart was, right. or her yeah, broken heart? She's was lost. Maybe, maybe Bacta can't heal heartbreak. Yeah, Bacta can't heal heartbreak. Only like actual injuries. And I think there are definitely <laughs> limits to what it can do. So if you're missing three limbs and burnt to a crisp, it's probably not going to work that well on you. So no regeneration. Yikes. No, it doesn't have rege- like regeneration properties. If you have like the limb. You can maybe like try to do it, but usually it's like just get a robot part. Yeah, they, they see they have a lot of them floating around. Like I feel like there's something wrong with your galaxy when you just have like robotic limbs stored on your ship to replace lost limbs. Right. But as far as like things yeah. like um like uh diseases and things like that goes, Bacta is is the cure, right? So got it. Yeah. So like cancers whatever the galaxy's equivalent to cancers is cold like really like pneumonia blah 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 um cuts and scrapes will be healed and stuff like that in uh the truce of bacura um luke goes in luke should go into the bacta tank in order to heal from the emperor's uh force lightning because it's like ravaged his body cells and stuff like that so um yeah it's pretty much the cure-all but it does have its limitations Cool. Yeah. So, Typheria. Wait, did you pronounce it Ty? Yes. Ty Typhera. I pronounce it Typheria. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to say the it. Rogue leader. So Typheria. I feel like this entire podcast will be this us not knowing how to say things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Defer to our leader. Yeah, and so we only find out a little bit about the other members. Um, Peshk is a Bothan, um, and again, that's to 
that's a political move because the Bothans feel like they have a stake in the New Republic because they did deliver the um, second Death Star plans. Rivshiel, which is um, a Shistavanin, which is like a wolf guy, he has a death mark on him, which is fine. He killed some bad dudes, so we don't care. And then Andorni is a Rodian, Rodian is a Rodian lady who is Lujane's room- roommate slash wingman, wing person, wing person. Wing-y-ing. So, Wing-y-ing. yeah, but otherwise we don't know that much about the new cast yet. We're really just sticking with Corin and his his problems. His daddy um, issues. There's a quick yep. line about there's some quick background about Corin having some dad issues and we also learn later um that his grandpa is also a hero from the clone wars so he's got probably a complex going on (laughs) yep (laughs) which is fine and comes to play later in the story um yeah which tells the end of the section but we do find out like right towards the end of these chapters that it's not just dad issues but it's dead dad issues so yes is dead dad issues you can never live up to his dad's expectations it seems and now he never will be able to know if he got daddy's approval yep oops heartbreaking it happens and uh wedge in the in this um introduction wedge tells everyone that the purpose of rogue squadron is to be an elite team and that they are be able they should be able to act independently um from the rest of the military and each member has skills other than just flying um so we have yet to see like who's good at things like demolitions um or splicing or various other things to where they can do a full mission just by themselves. Um Wedge also mentions that it's a good likelihood that people are going to die within the first 5 missions. Um so Which they have that basically to look Michael to. Stackpole telling us there's a good chance some people are going to die. Yeah. Don't get too attached. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the warning for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> can't tell me what to do yeah so that's one thing to look out for and to worry about as you like taiko i hear you like taiko guess what yeah. <laughs> guess what <laughs> you're gonna be crying bye oh, um no. <laughs> so <laughs> i'm out of the chat no no <laughs> disclaimer i have no idea i've never read these books <laughs> um i'm not gonna say anything either way because i don't want to spoil anything so at the end of the chapter, we find out that Corin also has the death mark on his head. And a death mark is given out by the Empire that, if they're ever seen, basically kill on sight, right? And he's laughing about it, and everyone's like, why do you think that's funny? <laughs> you you, you we... murdered some people. Why are you laughing? <laughs> like six... I love that scene. It's so good. And he's just <laughs> lolling about it. Because, surprise, it was made up. Um, and so this is how we learn... Um, how Corin left Corsac. And so him, and we talked about previously, Kiritan Lore, they worked together and Corsac. So it was the Corsac and Imperial, like, ops. And they didn't like each other at all. And as the war with the, Repu- with the rebellion progressed, Corin less and less wanted to deal with the things that were going on within Corsac. And so eventually him, his partner... Yelia and Derek, her husband, decided to get the heck out of Dodge. And Gil, who is, as I mentioned before, kind of their handler, um, arranged for that to happen. And so Corn's death mark is kind of made up. It's made up that he killed a bunch of smugglers. He didn't actually do that. Um, but it was a way for him to be able to escape and go rogue. Lol. 
And <laughs> so we find out that Gil made a whole bunch of fake identities for everyone. Um, and they went on all of these separate like jobs and missions under these fake names in order to get away and like keep putting distance between them and Keratin Lore, who's always going to be hunting them. So we find out that Corin probably shouldn't be using his real name still. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. Probably not the best idea. He's not, and, not right the best things. idea. Right. <laughs> and to add another bad idea on it, uh, Whistler and the um, the droid for the team, M-Tray, are now going to try to find out his teammates' former identities. Which is great for a reunion, but he doesn't know if they're still in trouble or if they're about to be found. And so it's probably a bad idea for him to be seeking them out. Yeah. He's going to do it. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was reading that. I was like, are you sure you you want to do that? Because the Empire is kind of still around. Right? Like, the Empire is still a big thing. Yeah. He's he's kind of, he's a little reckless. Yeah. He's he's not so good on these things. The The fact that none of them is like... Yeah, nobody nobody else was like, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, totally, Corin, you should reconnect. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> Post a Craigslist misconnection. I was going to say. Right. Star Wars Facebook. <laughs> oh my god, no, you'd, you'd think the like You'd think the New Republic's protocol droid at some point would be like, mm, 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 nah, not the best idea. But right. nope. Or, okay, maybe the droid is undercover for Kiritan lore. And maybe. this is all part of the plan to get Corrin. It could be. Okay. Either way, Corin, you're full of bad Probably ideas. Probably not. <laughs> and then the the rest half, the other half of the chapter goes into like politics and battles of the New Republic, um, and how they've changed from when they were just the rebellion. And if anybody wants to talk a little bit more about that, Keith, I know you're like really into the politics of all this. I was, yeah, not, not anymore. Particularly, yeah. <laughs> this one no. didn't involve a wedge kissing babies, so. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was. I felt like this was less like when we first saw politics the first time around it was like the chess pieces moving around right. and like this was this felt less like that. I don't know. Yeah, this was definitely yeah. more of a catch up. Like this is how the galaxy operates now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it was certainly interesting, and I. I think back to when people first saw that there were going to be stormtroopers in episode seven. I feel like I remember people like freaking out that, oh, the, the Empire wouldn't still be around. We saw in Return of the Jedi, the Empire's done. And now I'm like reading mm-hmm. these books and I was like, I mean, that, that, that was never the case <laughs> in right, yeah. the Star Wars universe that at, by the end of Return of the Jedi, the Empire was just done. Like that, that just wasn't true. So, well, it's not how it would happen anyways. Like, you can't just kill the leader right. and expect the entire thing to just disappear instantly. Yeah, it, it's not how it works. Exactly. So, re- I mean, I never read anything in the EU, so reading this has been interesting to me to see those sort of politics at play. To mm-hmm. see that, yes, the, you killed the Emperor and Vader, but they still have followers who aren't just going to be like, well, they're dead, I guess I, guess I should hand my badge in. Like, it's not going to happen that way. Right. And it definitely goes into, but there's a lot of really strong people still left in the Empire. They don't have as much cohesion as they should. Um, Like a lot of the Grand Moths are vying each other in power plays. But they all still have fleets of Star Destroyers at their disposal. 
So it's definitely not, they're not over yet. But right. the New Republic is close. now a legitimate government, and so they can't operate like they did anymore. They can't do the same kind of kind of lawless guerrilla tactics that they did before. Yep. Yeah. They're now accountable to a lot of other worlds who now have stipulations and pressures put on them. So they have right, to and like, rethink. And, and anything they do, they have to worry about, like, well, what's this constituency going to think? What's this constituency going to think? So that, yeah, that is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Now that they're legit, they have a lot of things to worry about. And then just my favorite quote from that chapter uh, was by Noir Venn, the lawyer, the Twi'lek lawyer. Um, yeah, he had some good moments in this chapter. Yeah. Who, uh, who said, law and justice are seldom served at the same time, which... Hey, I wrote that quote down too. <laughs> yeah, which illustrates both sides of it. Whereas the Empire upheld very strong laws and were able to uphold that kind of like regimen in the galaxy, but they were pretty evil. And now the New yep. Republic, while they were serving, while they were doing good, they were breaking a ton of laws at, at the time of it. And now they have to reconcile and try to do both, which is going to be a lot more difficult than I think anybody really thought about, besides like Mon Mothma. Yep. Who is perfect in every way. Yeah, absolutely. We, He's so good. He's one of my favorite characters. Are we still talking about Noara? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I love, I like, I was cracking up reading this when Corin said, I can explain this. I really can. And he was like, I've heard that before. I could just picture this like <laughs> sassy ex lawyer being like, yeah, here we go. Right? <laughs> typical de- typical defense. Right. He's and how he mentioned um, you know, the Empire didn't like seeing him in court because he's an alien and so he could never bring a droid in because that would just not be okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I also still- enjoyed how he uh mentioned at when they were talking about the politics and how he basically brought in the idea of, of how I'm a token Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. And then all the others realized, like, what that kind of made everyone else kind of realize, wow, we are all here not just because we're good pilots, but this is a very political mm-hmm. configuration. Right. Which, yeah, it'll uh, be interesting yeah. to see them, like, slowly, like, really, like, I feel like the chess pieces have been moving, but the actual pieces haven't noticed that they've been moving because of... Mm-hmm. It and then, so it'll be interesting to see them like start to piece all of that together. Like, oh, you're from that planet. That's why you're here. It's also right. very or self-aware see... of Stackpole to to um, bring this up. Because I mean, this is before Star Wars fans were you know quite so loud about social justice and things. But like, at any point, if we want to be like, I wish there were more aliens or women in this book, Stackpole can just be like, nope, they had to do it because politics. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, and we'll see later how people when people realize now that people realize that they're on the squad for another reason besides their piloting and their other skills, what kind of power moves they can play because you know they know mm-hmm. that Wedge is accountable for for to higher powers. He doesn't get to have the final word in a lot of things. So tricky. Just because everyone's on Rogue Squadron doesn't mean you're going to like them all. Right. Right. God, this would make such hey. a good reality TV show. So. <laughs> oh my god, I would, I would watch that. Like, if they just had cameras set up twenty four seven, that would be amazing. Like a Big Brother type mm-hmm. of situation where they're just like, yeah, ah, oh, so good, so good. Excellent. <laughs> so, um, I, I love that we're saying that as if it's like a real thing. That would be such a fun yeah. fan film to make. Haha. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big Brother Rogue Squad. Yeah. I'd watch it. I definitely watch it. So, chapter seven 
was a little less informative. Uh, we really see Wedge inspecting his refurbished X-Wing. <laughs> the end. And it's a lot of Wedge inspecting his refurbished <laughs> X-Wing. But it's so good because Wedge is so good. But it's Yeah, but it's great. Because... Like, Wedge is throwing shade at the Skywalkers in his brain, and it's delicious. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. Right, and we see, like, the number of kills that he has painted on his X-Wing, including two Death Stars, um, <laughs> as well as, like, tons of TIE fighters, TIE, any kind of TIE vehicle, as well as the Sirook, Sissy Rook? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's from the Truce at Bakura. They're aliens, and they were awful. As well as, like, he just, he wrecks it. He's number one. There's a reason why he's Rogue Leader. And we meet his new astromech, Minoc, who got the name because he squeals like a Minoc, which is pretty rude, and he doesn't really like it. Uh, which I thought was cute for the astromech to be, like, thrown shade at his name. <laughs> yes, I love it. One more Sassy Wedge moment. Exactly. Sassy Wedge gets the sassy droid. I thought it was really interesting to think about. Just, like, I kind of had the realization about Wedge's character in this chapter that you know, from our perspective, like, Wedge is just kind of a pilot in the battalion, right? Like, having just seen the movies. Because mm-hmm. Luke is the hero of the movie, Wedge is just kind of there in the background. But when you think right. about it, like, he really, like, besides Luke, he's pretty much number two hero of all those battles. And from the perspective of the yep. squadron, like, he is the top dog. And it was really interesting to kind of have that perspective shift. And I think really, again, really aware of the author to, to um, portray him this way. Right, because he did all of these things, but he's not a Jedi. And I think that's a really big qualifier right. for everyone else in the squadron. Because it's like, yeah, Luke Skywalker, you can't compete with him. But he's also like the Jedi in the galaxy. So it's a it's a step above where you can't necessarily meet that level just by yourself. <laughs> yeah, Luke is like almost a in like a mythical yeah. realm, whereas Wedge is like yeah. a real person, but still did all these amazing things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In one of his speeches, he said, he mentioned Luke and, no, no, he was talking about the people who died, right? He talked yeah, about, yeah. he mentioned how Biggs and Porkins will always be heroes and you'll never be as good as they were because you'll never go right. up against a Death Star. Right. There'll always be legends because, like, they died doing that. And there's a enough weight and symbolism to that, that it's like, yeah, the people in Rogue Squadron can run like twelve missions and not die, but it's like, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't a Death Star. Sorry, um, it wasn't when the galaxy was really in peril. So you'll never get to that level. And Wedge doesn't think he's at that level, but he doesn't realize that to everybody else in the universe, he is. Yep. So get some confidence, Wedge. You're great. He's just gotta live up to what everyone else thinks he is. Definitely have more confidence. Yeah, totally. So after that we realize that this is him getting ready to take the squadron out on their first training run. And we see everyone's in their X-Wings. Everyone's really jazzed. And we just hear a part where basically Corrin puts his foot in his mouth again. Um, <laughs> and we end the chapter with Wedge thinking that Corrin needs to learn a lesson. Foreshadowing. So, foreshadowing for the, immediately wrong. the next chapter. <laughs> he's not, no, he's not wrong. So <laughs> where they're practicing is yep. called the Trench. Or, but everyone actually calls it the pig trough because um, everyone makes fun of Y-Wings. And this is usually a Y-Wing bomber base. And so they do their practice runs through here. And because Y-Wings are slow and big. Um, kind of ugly, too. And kind of ugly, yeah. but 
Yeah. X-Wings are just boastful, so <laughs> they're okay, going to call Can we keep it, track yeah. of uh, all of the pork-based references in these books? Because There's a lot. We've got yeah. Porkins, and now we've got the pig trout, and I heard someone mention another pilot later on is going to have a, yes. a pork-based Piggy name as well. Piggy we will meet later on. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, and so Corrin does his run, which is, like, pretty good. He's running through um, with Oral, and he's, like, acing it he's getting a bunch of targets he thinks he's doing awesome and he is doing awesome and then he goes and he's done for the day wedge is like ah you're great keep you go back and you know take a rest and so he's waiting for the other pilots to come in and there's a quote that just got me so much (laughs) where he's where he's thinking he knew he was looking for congratulations on his great flying but not in the egotistical way bro jace would have been and that right I there picked this like, one out too is like my favorite line from this cornhorn <laughs> hashtag not all corin like <laughs> <laughs> this sums up his character more than anything else we've heard so far I, I yes like, absolutely this, this yeah. informs so much about him yeah. because he's like yeah. i know i'm the best and i want everybody else to know i'm the best so i'm gonna wait here to see how much better i did than everybody else and like he yeah. goes on to basically say that exact thing <laughs> And it's like, Corin. But I'm not doing it because I'm egotistical. Like, if Bro Jace were doing it, then it'd be an ego problem. But I'm, right, it's, but it's, I'm just right. curious, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, me, I'm I don't like, like him. Confirming the right. truth. <laughs> not all X Wing pilots. Like, Corin, stop. <laughs> I'm not like other X Wing pilots. Right. Gosh, it's like, mmm, mmm, you have more in common with Bro Jace than you think. <laughs> so, as he's waiting, he finds out that everyone scored much better than him by at least like a thousand points and that's because they were all fed his targeting info from his run and Corin's super mad about it and when wedge comes in he goes to confront him wedge then proceeds to put him in his place and wedge basically the lesson that he needed to learn was different from everybody else everybody else needs to work on their flying because Corin is a really great pilot and they all should and the rest of the squadron really does need to work on getting themselves up to that kind of level. However, Corin needs to learn a different lesson, which is, I quote, how good you are means nothing if the rest of the people in your squadron get killed. So he thinks it's unfair that they all had an advantage that he didn't have. However, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's because really okay. Work. Yeah, like, yes, you did really great through this trench run, but if this was actual combat and you were a scout the first way through, you would want the rest of your team to know what the terrain is, to know where the dangers are. And he's really mad because he took it as an opportunity to show how good he is rather than an opportunity to help out his team. And this is like, hey, bro, Rogue Squadron is a squadron, not the Cornhorn show. So... Yeah, yeah, he needs um, to learn that like, real so life really isn't bad. actually a competition. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, it was a competition right. to get into the squad, but now you're in the squad. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's almost like he's still trying to, like, get in, but you're in now. So, calm down. Right. Every, everything's going to be okay, Corn. So, uh, he's embarrassed, as he should be. And at the very end of the chapter, Tycho comes up to talk to him. And... You can already see that they're going to uh-huh. ruffle each other's feathers, and that's yeah, where it they are. <laughs> yep, are they now? Because Tycho <laughs> yeah. is actually a better pilot, and um, Corin 
does not appreciate that at all. Yep. I like how Tycho calls him Mr. Horn. Right. Like, yep. Um, he doesn't have a title like Captain or Commander. And right. Mr. Tycho very much emphasizes that. Yeah, where yep. he's Captain. Tycho is a captain. And Corrin is still just a little babby. He's a little bab. A little babs. So prepare for a lot of conflict in the next four chapters. Good. So good. I love that I love that last line from Tycho. You're yeah. made of sterner stuff than I might have otherwise imagined. That that is such shade. He's basically saying like, "Oh, I would have assumed that you would have just like folded under a wedge, but I guess not." So, right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Tycho. Right. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the relationship grows over the books. Civil War. <laughs> it's what I'm expecting. Rogue Squadron, Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> the conflict, the inevitable conflict, until the inevitable bromance, until the inevitable one of them dies tragically and everyone is sad forever. Oh. That's inevitable, is it, Danny? Don't That's say that. That's my prediction. That. Calling it now in episode three. <laughs> Jeez, you're such a downer. We still have like three more books in this arc. <laughs> hey, Wedge told me they're all going to die. I don't want to read it anymore. Not all of them. <laughs> Just because cool those headhunters die. attached to a bomb doesn't mean anything. Oh my god. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it is so unfair. It is so unfair. I hate uh, it. Yeah, he, he I'm picked so the most vulnerable character. I'm what? so excited for you guys. I'm what scared. did you say, Danny? I said you picked the most vulnerable character to fall in love I with. know. I know. <laughs> He's the most righteous, so I get it. I'm probably going to be emotionally destroyed by these books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just... Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. But not the ways you might think. So hmm. prepare for that. Worrying. Yeah. Oh. So um, last week, we posed a question to our listeners, as well as the members of Rogue Padron. Um, What would you name your astromech droid for your X-Wing? And we got a few pretty great responses from that. So Ben Newton said, I think I'd call my astromech Ace, and he'd be a super cocky jerk and constantly try to take over sh- the ship from me. That sounds I think that's awful, cute. Ben. <laughs> yeah, why would no, you wish that upon that's... yourself? Why, Ben? No, it sounds, like you need, it sounds like you need a new droid. You need a new droid if he's trying to take your ship from you. Real talk. Right, like... But if you and Ace can live with that kind of relationship cool more power to you um, if it works for you austin our fearless leader on far far away radio said i would name my droid blue and it would be painted red which is such an austin thing to do it is a typical <laughs> austin response <laughs> sarah said my astromech's name arch short for archivist keeper of knowledge provider of history which is i love that i like That's that awesome so just cool. A, and when you're on those boring a, flights, you can just, like, be learning things. Yeah, a droid whose memory you never wipe because it just knows everything. It would have such a personality then as well. Right? It would be great. Shoshana said, I'd probably name my droid something like Rocket Punch. Punch for short. I like that. That's, like, kicky. It's like, yeah, it's good. Ready to go into battle. That's really good. Um... <laughs> Matthew Matthew Appleby said, I want to name my astromech Gungan Boogaloo. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. And it would fly seemingly erratic, but really help improve ship performance. That just really seems like that. something that like Andrew would say. <laughs> right? 
I'm imagining this droid's like little beeps and boops sound like the Gungan language. Right. Or like kind of musical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also just super clumsy. <laughs> but right. still defeating They're... everything, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be like super useful and like actually really practical in a lot of ways, but also just He'd still fall down the stairs um, from now and every now um, and again. Just just a mess to have around ninety percent right? of the time. Like it would never wait for like the nice little ladder to get it out of the X Wing. It would just like it go would, over the edge. Fall, fall <laughs> over. Fall over. On the ground. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Gungan Boogaloo. <laughs> and then Brian Anderson said Tony Stark would call his astromech dummy. Or Nick Fury because of the shiny bald domes and one eye. I like. I that, really actually. like that. That's I really like cute. That. Like an all black and chrome astromech. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. That's really good. It's really good. good. So yeah, thank you for the responses, guys. They're really yeah, good answers. Were, yeah, that was fun. Those were really good. You those put my really droid good. to shame. Droid. No, your droid will. I'm still so unoriginal. <laughs> I was like, you mean droid? <laughs> so for next week here's a new question for you so out of the new pilots who are you most interested in learning about and that goes for the rest of Rogue Padron 2 who do you want to learn about I, Tycho count? I no yeah? we already know you want oh. Tycho <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I'll, I'll pick someone else someone else go go Saf go Okay, okay. I have two, somewhat. But mostly um, Lou Jane, because I still think of her as a lumberjane. Um, and she seems really cool. Even though she's, like, she's like not the best pilot out of the group, because she, like, scored the lowest um, in that run. So, like, she was like, don't worry, Corin, I didn't get that well either, even though I had your score, um, your target results. Yeah, but she's so still, she like, really cool. the 10th also- best pilot in the galaxy. Right, yeah, like she's still amazing, like, but she's not the best in the group. The so I, I appreciate best. that. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate being the worst in a group of people. So I like her for that. <laughs> um, and I also like Rosati. I think because she was all like, "Screw off! I'm not interested in my looks or anything or romance or anything like that. I'm just here to dominate the squadron." And I'm like, "I can dig that." So I like her too. I like her just because she's from Bespin. Well, for okay, one reason, true. because she's from Bespin, and I think it's. We know so little about that planet besides Lando. It'll be fun to, to learn a little more about that from her perspective. Yeah. perspective. Yeah. My answer to is this question your... is um, Andorni. We, I mean, we know I like mm. the uh, non-human pilots, and I have a special attachment to Rodians because I played one in a recently highly acclaimed radio drama. But um, <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I'm really excited to see a Rodian playing an X-Wing pilot because that's something that we I've never seen before. Pretty much they ever since Greedo, every Rodian has been typecast as some sort of like smuggler or, you know, underworld right. and dealing see, deals under the table. That, yeah, well you see that even when they're just doing the introductions in um in that first in chapter five, where like Corin and his little group of humans plus Noir Ven are all like trying to pick which people have the death mark on them and they they basically stereotype mm-hmm. well Riv has one because he's a wolf man and they're always violent right obviously and and Dorney might have one because like all like Rodians are smugglers and like into like bad business and stuff like that and so you see that even within the squadron 
that they're like, mm, but yeah, you're so from I'm, this race that is always this. So yeah, so I'm excited about this character, and I'm hoping that <laughs> she will kind of defy stereotypes and challenge their their views of of the Rodians. Heath, would you like to go? <laughs> I gave my answer, but you said I couldn't pick him. Um, <laughs> no. I'm going to pick Gavin Darklater, mostly because I really like the non-canon backstory of Luke and Biggs' friendship on Tatooine. And I think having someone else who's like this kind of nobody from Tatooine and seeing how he deals with the fact that Luke Skywalker, the hero of the galaxy, was also that and sort of like he might like try to live up to it. I like. I don't know. I don't know if that will play into it at all, but I'm interested to see how his character sort of goes with the flow of all of that. Um, I've already pronounced my love for Gavin Darklighter, and since I've already read the books, this question's a little like not applicable. But I'm really excited for um, learning more about Noir Ven. I think he has like a really great. Yeah. He just plays a great role in the whole series. Like it's really good. Do you remember the first time you read through these, if there was one character that stuck out as being someone you wanted to, to know better? Was it Gavin? It was Gavin, yeah. for sure. So even before we like learned <laughs> more about his story. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's really a lot about like what, what Heath said, is that, um, one, he knew Luke Skywalker back when he was just a lame-o farm boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that yep. it's like, well, we, we didn't really get to know anything about Biggs, so... And it also shows, like, when Corrin's thinking about Gavin, like, he's also very interested in, like, what can this kid do? Because he's, like, what, 16? And, and they're like, who is this guy? Who, why is he even here? And um, and so the fact that, like, a lot of the other people kind of doubt him, I'm excited for that. And because you know he's going to lose that, like, he's going to lose innocence, basically. And you know that's going to happen because he's going to be in battle. And so... Right. Like, that kind of tragedy just hits me where I live, so. He's so young. He's too young for this. Such a baby. Yeah, he's, he's so precious. He's he's just a kid, like, even more so than Luke was in A New Hope. He's even younger. Yeah. Yeah. He's younger, but he's more touched by war, so it's kind of like, uh. Ah, uh, that's true. Right. So, it's gonna, he's probably it's gonna be rough. Grown up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was Gavin when I first was reading the book. And I was not disappointed. Good. Good. So, yeah, we've gotten some feedback from people we actually got a tweet about um we mentioned it in the last episode about the redemption scenario being one of the x-wing games turns out it is and it's tour of duty one mission four and basically yeah you have to go help the medical forget i love that word forget it's such a great word um so yeah it is in the game so if you have a way to play the game what you can it's on what's it on it's on that site tour gore gog 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 that's <laughs> it you can go Buy it on GOG and all the other ones too. So if you want to play those games, you can do that. If you want to see if you can beat Corrin Horn's score. <laughs> nice try. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. I'm going to go do that right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Battlefield. Oh, yeah. I, I have to play Battlefront. Oh, yeah. the... Who needs, who needs Battlefront when you have X-Wing? Is the game scored the same way that the scenarios in this book? Like, would the scores be comparable to these numbers that they're I spewing out? I have no idea. That's an you excellent question, out. and I'm gonna try to find out by next. Week. All right, Heath, find out, or Good. someone tweet that at us. Let yeah. us know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. an easier way. Someone tell us. <laughs> someone who's played this, tell us. This is why we have you. <laughs> so speaking also, of, you're next... wonderful, and it's really nice when you tweet and email us. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, it. everyone. Brings us such such joy, such joy. <laughs> yeah. 
And if you don't know where to tweet and email us at, Saf will let you know. I will. You can find us at the website farfarawayradio.com slash category slash rogue dash podron. Our Twitter is at rogue podron and our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. And you can find us in iTunes in the Far Far Away Radio feed. So for next time, next week, make sure you read X-Wing Rogue Squadron chapters 9 through 12. It'll be good. We'll see Tycho and Corrin buttheads as well as flashback to um, whatever Kirtan lore is up to. So more intrigue next time. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Yeah. Woo. We did it. We I did accidentally it. read chapter nine because I didn't catch the chapter break. <laughs> You're on the show. You know, I didn't know where the chapter break is. <laughs> <laughs> I read all the books. I didn't know where to stop. <laughs> yeah, I just keep going. I just kept going. It was like 4 a.m. and I was really tired and I was just kind of reading and I was like, hmm, <laughs> is this right? And then I got to chapter 10 and I was like, this isn't right. Okay, if you're, if you're at 4 a.m., maybe you should reread it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty late. I couldn't sleep, so I was like, I might as well do my homework, and then I overdid it. You're just overzealous. I understand. I am, it's true. So, you can find us at our website, not completely our website, but at the website, farawayradio.com slash category slash rogue podron rogue dash podron our Twitter is at and our email yeah, you're is totally Rogue. breaking up on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Danny, Danny, Danny. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I love breaking I, up. I need I need more of that in my life. <laughs> I need more of what? <laughs> you were like super breaking up, and we we're all yelling at you to stop. <laughs> You just, just kept on going. You're so dedicated. I couldn't hear you guys. Oh my god. Why is my computer doing this? Yeah. Oh my god, that was okay. so great. <laughs> Am I okay now? Yeah, yeah you're good now. <laughs> okay. I'm scared. Okay. So funny to me. I get I get put on the Imperial team and I get in a TIE fighter and I purposely crash it into the AT AT. <laughs> <laughs> Like, You're a rebel straight through. Yeah. Every, every single time. I, th- I think it's so funny. Undercover rebel. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I even do I don't even do like the headset thing to hear what everyone is saying. I imagine they're like screaming at me, but they are. <laughs> I can't they're even probably. hear <laughs> And it's so great. Because I just like respawn and get to do it again. There's nothing they can do. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. Sure. <laughs> You are a, you're a I'm, hero. <laughs> I'm a true hero. I'm such a troll. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>